What does it mean to manufacture a stronger standard? At DeGeist Steelworks, it means to solve challenges and help manufacturers achieve more through our people, our technology, and our belief that anything is possible. This is Manufacturing a Stronger Standard, a podcast by DeGeist Steelworks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I am your host, Tyler Kern, and I'm excited to welcome two fantastic guests to the show. Today, we have Derek DeGeist. He's the president of DeGeist Steelworks Co. and Lesta USA. Derek, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. And then we also have Emma Matza. He is the co-founder of Lesta. Emma, thank you so much for being here as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to talk about uh, the formation of Lesta USA, the product that they have created, and why it was so necessary. And so just to start off uh, with the story, Derek, you're both the president of DeGeese Steelworks and Lesta USA. So I want to dive a little bit more into how that came about, because you're the third generation president of DeGeese. I believe uh, the company was founded in 1976, and it's been in your family the entire time. And one of your big initiatives uh, kind of since you've taken over has been modernizing operations and doing a lot in that space of automation. But as you kind of continued that process, you found that you created a bottleneck at a certain point, right? Yeah, we, we really did, Tyler. Um, it kind of goes back to just our our family, kind of our Norwegian-German roots of uh, frugal work and, and uh, taking care of our employees um, over the last 44 years. When things back when my grandpa and my dad back in the 80s and the 90s you know, technology didn't really change very fast. You know, the turnover of when technology was happening, when uh, machine tool equipment was updating, was happening very slowly. So kind of our process that we used as we were growing throughout the years as a, as a manufacturing job shop was that we'd save up some money, we'd try to share with our employees, and, and every about five to 10 years uh, back then, we were, we'd buy a new piece of equipment. Um, and then it got to be in the 90s, about every five years, we bought a new piece of equipment. And when we do that, after five years, we'd go out and look again after we'd saved. It didn't really change all that much. There a couple of new things here and there. Um, but then I'd say towards kind of the end of the 90s and into after 2000, the technology started to increase uh, much quicker. And kind of our five-year timeline wasn't working and the cost of the equipment was growing. And we had to find a way to be able to stay up on the technologies that was changing. Um, and for us, then, the, the answer was to try to find ways to automate and to be able to use software to be able to develop and help our uh, employees accomplish more. So um, that was kind of what kind of started our move towards automation um, and some software development. You know, it started off with a, a welding robot, and then we started to learn that. And then we got a couple larger welding robots and started doing um, some offline programming. And then uh, we added some software development. And that really helped us, really started to uh, snowball, started moving for us. And we were increasing and, and producing stuff at a more rapid rate. As that worked, we were creating jobs, automating a lot of our, our manual paper tasks, and then feeding our welding robots. And then we knew that by moving product through our, our fab shop into the weld shop, that our paint shop was next. And as I talked to other people, it's like paint shops are always the last to get uh, the updates, but... That's the last piece of the of the flow in most shops. Um, mm-hmm. And so for us, we knew that it was going to happen, but we had to accomplish our kind of our front office end and our fab and our weld first. And then we started looking at at our, at our paint and how we could uh, improve our paint process. And we were looking for ways to add automation. And you know, we'd been doing 
liquid paint uh, coating for uh, all, almost all, I think, 44 years that we've been open. And so we are very familiar with paint, but having at automation, we thought, well, we've done welding robots and offline programming. And my goodness, if we could just wave the robot away from the part and it would just, this is going to be a dream come true. It's going to be so easy. And uh, man, where we, we were, we were wrong. <laughs> the, the nuances that come that uh, we take for granted that a painter does, you know, it isn't, they're not touching it. The wire isn't right there and with a gun angle, but a gun angle is just as critical mm -hmm. and the feathering of the trigger and how they attack a, a part and how you look at your Faraday effect of your corners and all the things that a painter is doing and adjusting for the viscosity of the paint while he's out there on the gun, those things that they just do and they don't think about creates a real problem for offline programming and standard industrial robots. We talked to some of the, we brought some in, some of the larger robotic companies out there mm -hmm. in North America, and then uh, had them come through. They saw our shop and they told us that, that that's not a, they're not really an option, that we, we can't use normal industrial robots. They said that we have too many parts and that the programming at being we're a kind of a, a job shop for general industry, you know, we serve some, some decent size OEMs, but we had too much variety. And they said that uh, it would take too long to program. I said, but we've got offline program. We got engineers. We got 35 years of complex robotic welding experience. How, how could we not have the people? And they said, well, well, you can do it. He said, but to do it, you'd have to take your best painter, take your best painter and take them offline and have them learn offline software. And then I uh, said, well, that's not good because uh, we have, we're a small shop. We only have one, one painter um, and a couple of backups. But okay, if we did that, they said, if you learn the offline programming, depending on the complexity of parts, we do some rather large stuff. So it could take between two days and, or longer to get a program offline. And then we take it onto our paint line. So once we build a big automated line, we have to take our line down and run the part. And whatever happens, however, this starts, paint starts running off the part, you just start fixing it. And it could take from a couple of days to a couple of weeks, depending on the complexity of the part, to get one paint part ready to be able to automate on a, on a robot. Wow. And I said, wow. We don't, uh, we can't do that. We've got thousands of parts that we want to paint. And they said, you're right. This isn't going to work for us. So, but that works really well for, I'd say, tier one large automotive. Um, it works well. But for in general industry, that's kind of a deal breaker. So we kind of left ejected and, uh, but not given up. But we kind of started searching and kept looking uh, with our automation supervisor and myself. And uh, kind of like eighth or ninth page down on YouTube, we stumbled across the Lesta. And so we thank Google for that one and, and uh, YouTube. And uh, we called them up because we, we just saw videos of painters, powder, liquid, all kinds of different applications, wood, metal, steel, holding on to the robot, in with the robot, holding on to the robot and just painting parts, powder coating parts, standing right in there. And then and next video had just the robot just doing its thing. And so we read about it and we'd never heard of this self-learning robots before yeah. so we looked looked up their website we read about what these self-learning robots and we're like we'd never heard of this before our team some of our guys have been working with robots for 15 years like we'd never 
heard of this. Like, how can this be true? So we called him up and, and I got, uh, Emma called us back and we, we talked to Emma and uh, we said, what is this stuff all about? I said, this, we never <laughs> heard of this. How can this be? How can this be really be true? And uh, Emmanuel said, yeah, we've been, we've been doing this. We've got some of our teams been working with self-learning robots for over 20 years. And that, and Lesta has been uh, a company together for 10 years and they've got over 350 of these robots worldwide, everywhere outside of the U.S., and uh, they said they just they just work. I said, well, okay, but well, that sounds good. But I said we need to see it. And uh, we had actually purchased another welding robot. It'd be um, our. We were going to be going over there to Germany to do a runoff on another large welding robot cell. I said uh, it was two years ago. I said we'll be out in there in Europe um, in the fall. We'd like to come to your place and uh, take us to your customers. We want to see people actually doing this because this is can't be. I just mm-hmm. it's too big good to be true. So uh, he said, "Yes, come, come over here. Let's go." And so we went over there two years ago in November. Met Emmanuel and uh, his team, and they they were they were great. Um, they took us. We put a lot of miles on uh, with with Emma. We went up through Switzerland, all through Italy. Uh, we saw probably at least twelve different customers, and everywhere we went, people were just producing. You know what we were told and and were perceived to be impossible to do was just standard operation, just normal production. Uh, and it was it was unbelievable. I mean, we saw companies, multi-billion dollar companies that were had two people working a paint system, supplying product to two to 300 people shops, down to little three-man shops where the, the owner was the painter and the painter was the guy hanging the parts and taking them down with the robot. Wow. It was it was uh, it was really neat. So uh, we had gone there to buy a welding robot, and I had told my dad that we were going to go check this out. And so then he called, asked how it was going, and I told my dad, I said, "Dad, this is amazing. It's incredible." I said, <laughs> "Don't worry." I said, "Trust me." I said, "But we bought two more robots." And so he's like, "What?" <laughs> I said, "I said, trust me. This is going to be awesome." So that's kind of that's kind of how we found uh, Lesta uh, and how we were going to bring them back to the United States. Mm-hmm. That was two years ago. And uh, we started scheming and we were designing our entire paint system around these Lesta robots. We decided that working with Emmanuel, that to bring Lesta over here to the U.S., we were going to be the first one in the United States to be able to to have these. And so then we thought, well, if we're going to have the first system in North America and everyone's going to come uh, is going to need to come see these robots to believe it, just like we did. Right. We said, uh, well, we've got software development. We've got robotic background, technician level that we can, we've built some of our own robotic systems and we've got a paint background and we have six of these robots running. I said, how about you make us your partner? And we partner together and we're centrally located in North America. And uh, let's, uh, let's see, let's do this together. And uh, Emmanuel said, that you love the idea. So we started working together in getting ready to bring these, not just to our facility, but also um, get them uh, approved for resale of all over North America, which meant that we started looking into um, getting our product listing, which is like the NRTL class one, div one rating for resale in all of North America Mm -hmm. for Canada and and the United States. And uh, so we've been working with our teams, our, I'd say our automation team and theirs, our skill sets complement each other really well. Um, and we've been working hard to get to, to the point where we were, had our system in and ready to de- debut at FabTech this last uh, fall in November. We launched our uh, paint system for DeGee Steelworks. We launched Lesta USA 
and debuted our uh, self-learning robots and a brand new uh, blow-off suction application for the Finnish industry all in November. So November was a big month for us. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was incredible. And I got to be there at Fabtech. I got to see the product up close and it was it was a lot of fun to get to uh, to try it. I, I tried it out. It's gonna. It works so much better when there's a skilled painter involved. I am obviously not skilled, but it was. Uh, it was so much fun just to get to see how it works up close. And Emma, I'm curious from your point of view. Uh, you're over in Italy, you know, and you you have this idea for these robots. When did the idea to create a robot that learns from the motions of humans kind of first come about? And how did you first create the first robot for Lesta? Let's say that the idea of um, a self-learning robot, like uh, the one that we are producing and selling right now in the U.S., is um, a technology that in the U- Europe and uh, above all in Italy uh, was, uh, let's say that is a technology of uh, many years ago, let's say about the uh, end of the 80, beginning of the 90. For sure, then it was the first ideas that was um, uh, quite strong at that time because uh, uh, everything started from the chairs producers or wooden chairs producer they were looking mm-hmm. for some very automatic and, and fast system to replicate the capacity and the skills of the good painters and make a lot of uh, numbers and numbers of chairs in a very short time so everything was born around uh, this market many years ago then during the years during the years for sure the, the big the big uh, job and the big efforts was to develop the product because uh, uh, even if the history is longer um, what we have done with Lesta is that we have improved the system with a new technology new automation we added a lot of options and function to the system and this was the the business of the, of Lesta so Lesta right now is uh, tomorrow is exactly the the birthday for the 10 years of of Lesta's anniversary tomorrow is uh, the 4th February uh, so after after 10 years, what we can say is that we have absolutely developed the product to be very easy in the management. So we have done a lot of efforts in the software and to have a lot of options that are suitable for many customers and many, many applications. We have made a lot of engineering around the robot in order to have an auxiliary axis to have not just software options but also mechanical options like for example spindle or turning table or other stuff anyway the target was and the target is to let let the the life of the paint shop be much more uh, easier and much more uh, flexible uh, because the flexibility is one of the target of the of, of our solutions i mean we want that that the customers with our machine can approach can have a, even if they have a little batches of of parts of item even if they don't have uh, a lot of parts uh, the same, uh, they have a system that is really flexible and really scalable, and they can have uh, access to the automation in a very easy way and, let's say, without big headaches, you know. So our focus was really to make the life easier for the people that is in production. And this, this was the history of the product. Then I want to say that the big benefit for us to work with the uh, Geist and now with Lester USA is that uh, we found a partner uh, that is really strong in the manufacturing, that is really strong in the idea of the automation. And uh, the very nice relationship that was born and that is, uh, is growing day by day is that, is that the, the experience coming from the manufacturing, the long experience of manufacturing of the Geist, together with our uh, skills and our experience in uh, this design and develop automation sound with robot is a really nice wedding let's say is a really powerful uh, cooperation and uh, we are developing already start to develop new products because uh, the team of the Geist is really open to new solution they have ideas because the ideas comes from the 
needs coming from the production. And the good things is that together, together we can develop solution uh, and to try to to solve many different problems. So I'm really proud and happy that that uh, there I can find out in the YouTube after eight pages of different <laughs> videos. But it was it was funny. It was funny because many times we speak about that is uh, how we met. And we met really thanks to uh, to internet. And uh, anyway, they were really they wanted really to to get some new ideas. They find out the catchers, and and for sure it was lucky also because uh, our strategy of Leicester in 2015, 2016, since the beginning, I want to say, was to have a product that, that was uh, okay for sure uh, innovative, but uh, we were also looking for good um, commercial network. So we started since the beginning, since uh, 2011 and 12, to develop our commercial network. Mm. And we're now, uh, with, uh, with the Leicester USA, we, we, we really reach the, the best because uh, we are not just uh, a commercial partnership, but this is a commercial and technical partnership. And uh, we are really proud and really happy that we met Derek and, uh, and his team because he's really powerful. And uh, as Derek said, the cooperation is really strong. We have a very good feeling each other and uh, is working. we are working very well together. That's really, really great to hear, and uh, and I love getting to hear this story about how this partnership came to be and how it's flourishing now. And Derek, one of the things that you mentioned was that as you know, through the process of looking at different automations and different robots um, and different automation technology, you, you found that what was lacking was often the ability for nuance to a certain extent. And that's what this product has that's really fascinating to me. It still has that human touch, that human movement to it because a human programs it. So it has that nuance and has that attention to detail that that human beings are able to have. And uh, I think that that's particularly fascinating about this particular product. I agree. That's the I think that's the one thing that that really that really got us excited is that uh, as looking for products and looking for ways to be able to utilize the talents and skills you already have, because as we know, just in general industry and manufacturing as a whole, they don't have a big waiting list of people going into manufacturing and everything that we read about is trying to find ways to automate, automate, and um, that we don't have the skilled people to be able to do the jobs that we need. And as we're doing more reshoring and we're trying to be more globally competitive as a country, you know, this is a big problem that we all face. We read about it every day in the magazines. And I think that's the coolest part about uh, the way that we use this automation. It's a great gateway to be able to get into automation without having to have all the engineers, the programmers, or to be able to need to multiply them above what you already do have. Um, so um, the skill set you have to be able to have robotic welding, um, they don't transfer over to be good robotic painting uh, specialists. Um, they don't cross over very well. So uh, th that's where I think this is really unique is that, you know, I we had even until we installed these and going forward, I've had the same problem. I hear about it from our new customers coming all the time. They, they worry about uh, they can't find painters or and they can't find uh, worry if they're going to show up or worry if the new hire is going to come back. Uh, it's it's a tough job. And, you know, I had the same problem. I'd worry about if our main painter was going to call in if their kid was sick or the stuff I was planning on painting that day. If I was going to if he didn't show up or was sick or his kid was sick or something happened, bad weather, I can't paint what I was planning on painting, which I've committed to our customer to do. Sure. Um, and so. That was always a worry. You always worried about the call before 7 a.m. Who's going to call in and what are we not going to, how are we going to be able to change to be able to get what we need done? Uh, it's a very common problem. And uh, or worrying about whether the guy you have, whether he's going to be able to 
all the skills that he has developed and knows how do I transport or trans get that over to the backup or what happens if uh, he moves, you know, all the things mm-hmm. that happen or wants to retire. You know, so I talked to a lot of customers that have that problem that they got trying to figure out what they're going to do. And with the self-learning robots, you know, they're putting their best program into the robot and they're there. It's the robot becomes an extension of them. And so in the painting world, it's tough to get someone to be able to make a career out of painting because you wear out whether your shoulders or your knees. It's tough. I mean, it's the production Production uh, paint powder liquid is is a tough job to have for a 30, 40 year career. Yeah. So now we're taking this job and creating a career out of it. Whether we have a, we have our painter now can can work with those. He's making his best programs and he's we're saving those and he's spending his day fine-tuning and making his program that he made better. And so he's fine-tuning and improving the line, improving the system and the coding process. And trying instead of trying to repeat that same job, every part, every part, every part by hand manually. So one, we we are able to get to where our painter can uh, call in if his uh, if his kid is sick or if they want to go on a vacation, they don't have to feel guilty about it. Um, it's making it easier for us to be able to make a career out of a job, and uh, it's been really neat, really neat to see that. And in fact, we went from one year ago being the, the, a company like many that are worried about the call in if they're going to come to now we actually have a waiting list of applicants that want to come work at Diggy Steelworks and we work in our painting department as a painter. And uh, that's not, uh, I don't think you'll find very many companies that, that have that problem or asset. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Emma, as, as Derek is talking about this, I, I think there's a lot to be said just for keeping the importance of having a human being kind of be a part of the process, right? And there's that, uh, the attention to detail that I mentioned earlier, but it's also not a robot taking a human job. It's a robot that is magnifying the work of a talented and, and, you know, skilled craftsman. And I think that that is an especially interesting aspect of what you've created at Lesta. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. Yes, it's, it's common to say that the robot is, uh, is taking the job Job from the people. I mean, is doing uh, the, the the job. Many many occasions, many many situations. I saw people that was against the introduction of robots in the in the production. So is is that true? Sometimes it happens, and uh, the people doesn't understand how it can be useful to have robots that is doing the same job that the the same job many times and many times. And but but when the customers, but above all when the painters, when the people in production understand the benefit that they can have much more time to make better other kind of job. So the robot is just doing and uh, repeating what what uh, understand what uh, learned by the by the human being by the skills of the human being. But in the meantime, the human being, the the, the person, the, the painters, the people involved in the production, they can focus on other aspect of the um, the production. So they can increase the quality. They can uh, uh, they can try to figure out how to make better the, all the process, uh, all the production. And, and but there is another very big aspect. Uh, there are many fields where many applications where the environment, the the material that the robot spray. Sometimes it's very dangerous for the health of the of the human being. Sure. Yeah. So there is also this aspect that is really important. To have a robot it's, instead of a man making the job inside a painting booth where there are chemicals or there are, I mean, let's say very dangerous materials that are, must be sprayed by the robot is another big benefit. And the people when understand that this is another big benefit of the automation, try to 
all the time we saw a big, bigger change of the mindset. So it's a matter of time sometimes. The people must understand which are all the benefits that they can achieve. And there are many benefits. So this is our experience in this kind of uh, uh, discussion as well. I think one thing I'd like to add to that that we've seen too is that also with using the self-learning robots and because the painters and the finishing uh, employees that are already at the facility get to be involved in this process, they take a much bigger buy-in um, of that and of the system of they, they have the ownership of it is huge. Instead of being replaced or now they're taking all the power away from them of which they used to be responsible for and giving it to a programmer or a coder that doesn't work with the people or the line or understand the processes that they were using, this allows them to be able to learn some new skills, uh, learn how to build from the foundation of knowledge that they have of the parts that they're already coding, of the process, and the, either the, from the liquid or the powder side of that uh, spray application in their system, and apply that in a new way. Um, and it's seen a, a, been a very powerful uh, benefit um, for all the customers, including our own facility. Yeah, Derek, I was wondering if you could just elaborate a little bit more on the impact that this has had on your overall process. As you kind of mentioned, the painting uh, is kind of the one of the last steps along the uh, along the train and along the journey of finishing a project. So uh, how has adding in these robots and, and this technology really helped benefit your overall system? It's increased our capacity uh, at least triple what we could do manually. Um, also, it allowed us to build a system that we would not have been able to do before. So the, the we've got uh, right now currently seven welding robots and about 32 weld stations manual, and we produce a lot of parts, um, but we can't paint all them manually. But uh, we were told based off of the parts that we were projected that we wanted to be able to do uh, to build, a, if we we're gonna build a system to be able to meet the capacity that we we're gonna be producing, we were going to have to build a system that included enough paint booths with platforms and levels to have at least eight painters, coders, all the time running on our line, always, just to be able to run the system. And I can't find that many to be able to, that we can count on to be able to reach the quality that our, that our customers are needing and the consistency that we needed. Um, so this allowed us to build a system and be able to reach a, a coding capacity that would have been not attainable without the use in, of these self-learning robots and allowed us to be able to use our team that we already currently have here to do it. That's really, really incredible. Well, it, it's been an absolute pleasure and really exciting to get to learn a little bit more about uh, how this partnership was formed and what Lester USA is doing now and how uh, these two companies came together to create something uh, pretty incredible. And uh, getting to hear that story has been uh, has been absolutely awesome. So uh, Derek and Emma, thank you guys so much for joining me today and uh, telling me a little bit more about the story. And I look forward to uh, doing it again in the future. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you, Tyler. Thank you. <laughs> 